Hello, everyone. Welcome to this Steve Hilton show. I'm laughing already because I know this is going to be a fun episode <laughs> uh, because Jen Horn is with us and we've got some great stories to get to. Very big story. Um, as we're taping this show, it's just broken, which is all about Hunter Biden and the plea deal all falling apart. The walls are closing in, as they say, and completely unrelated, obviously, to the Hunter Biden story <laughs> is another story about a naked guy wandering around Hollywood, <laughs> engaging in lewd conduct, and the police are refusing to arrest him. What's going on there? Obviously, no connection to the Hunter <laughs> Biden story at all. Um, and then the third story, a bit more serious, important one, about California losing population uh, and where, where we could be headed in terms of our population decline and what that means for our influence to talk about all of that. Here is she is, as promised, Jen Horn. Um, <laughs> I love the introduction. And yes, you're right. No relation. The Nothing crazy hunt. Yeah, the crazy naked guy <laughs> terrorizing Hollywood. Totally not related to Hunter Biden. But it's funny that you feel the need to say it because Hunter well, Biden's a little wild. <laughs> exactly. And has spent a lot of time in Los Angeles. Does he still live here? I don't know. Um, he does. He, he comes does back. Actually, right. he was just here this last week. And you know his lawyer. I don't know if you saw this, but one of his lawyers, because you know he has a, a team. Obviously, you would need a team of lawyers if you're Hunter Biden. He, <laughs> his lawyer was photographed in Malibu on his balcony smoking oh, yes. from a bong. In the, in like broad, look, and I know, I know marijuana is legal in California, and I'm not talking about whether it's right or wrong, ethically, whatever. I'm just saying Hunter Biden's attorney using a bong on a balcony is just not the best optics for the guy. Exactly. It's just not. <laughs> it's so hilarious. I saw that. It was an amazing. I thought, is this uh, a joke? Is this the old previous one? No, it's the, no. the current one. All right. Mm -hmm. So what's <laughs> happened? I've been like, again, just for full disclosure to our audience, I've been very um, tied up in meetings all uh, prior to taping this with you, Jen. And this is the day when the news broke about the Hunter Biden plea deal. I'm afraid I haven't followed it at all. I just haven't seen anything. Tell us yeah. what happened. Well, we were we were watching this as it unfolded live on The Morning Answer, which is the radio show that I host. And it was a lot of back and forth. So Hunter Biden arrived into court. He was expected to, uh, to just state his plea, the plea deal that he said, which would eat that he'd plead not guilty mm -hmm. to two misdemeanor tax evasion charges. And mm -hmm. then they were going to do the diversion therapy mm -hmm. for his felony gun charge, saying that he'd have to, uh, I think, not do drugs, not drink alcohol, and he could be randomly tested. And then they'd make that felony go away. Mm -hmm. Well, the judge, and of course, social media likes to point out she's Trump appointed, but she was also approved by two Democrat senators in the state of Delaware. Um, this is not someone who is a, a political actor. She's donated. I looked up her history to see if there was any bias. She's donated to Hillary Clinton. She's donated to Mitt Romney. She's donated to John McCain. So it seems like she's a little bit, you know, on no, both I'm sides. I'm not going to make aisle. any jokes there. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll just keep going like a yes, good boy. Exactly. So uh, she hears she hears the the lawyer's case. She asks Hunter. He says he pleads not guilty. But then she starts investigating. She starts asking the prosecutors about the scope of other investigations that have been going on mm -hmm. around Hunter and whether or not he had declared himself as a foreign agent. Remember, that was one yes. of the sticking points is that he had not. And so as this went on, they had to take a recess to have both attorneys discuss the scope of how this plea deal would go and if Hunter Biden would be liable to stand for any other charges. Because what his legal team was pushing for is with this plea deal, they were hoping for 
essential immunity for Hunter Biden under mm-hmm. double jeopardy that he couldn't be charged for anything else. And the judge says, well, if there's other investigations going on, as prosecutors have outlined, that doesn't seem like you should get a free pass just because you've made this deal. So then they went back, they went on recess, they came back. It seemed like they were going to save the plea deal, but that they were going to limit the scope of immunity. But now the judge has just said the plea deal is off the table and they are starting all over again from scratch in this. So this was a bad day for Hunter Biden. And uh, certainly his legal team, I think, thought this was going to be the the golden ticket to get him out of legal trouble. And that means, I think, by extension, things will continue to heat up around President Joe Biden, because Mm -hmm. as they investigate Hunter, that's when all of the stuff and the connections to Joe Biden actually start to be revealed. So where does this lead? So this I think it's so there's so much swirling around mm-hmm. and there's 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 the custody thing you know just think about the sort of hunter biden legal stuff that we've heard of. there was the custody case right, right for the child that he fathered and won't take responsibility mm-hmm. for there's the gun there's the illegal there's lying on the form to get the gun that's right has that all been dealt with that's nothing to do with this so this is actually nothing to do with the child. This was about the two uh, tax evasion charges, right. which was ridiculous. They they filed them as misdemeanors because if it was you, Steve Hilton, or mm-hmm. me, Jennifer Horn, that would not be the case. And then it was for lying on the application for the gun, which he so only th- had for 11 days. Those two were together days. in this. They were together. And okay. so they're they're questioning the scope of what other investigations are out there. I see. And the judge was concerned that this w- plea deal would essentially give Hunter Biden immunity, which from he other really things doesn't... that are going on. Right. Including Correct. the register, the FARA, the Foreign Agents Registration Act is FARA. OK, so then how does this interact with intersect with, I should say, well, maybe both um, <laughs> the um, news also this week, super interesting, which was Kevin McCarthy now mm-hmm. at the point we're speaking, Jen, twice saying on the record that all but confirming that the House Republicans are moving towards an impeachment inquiry right. into all of this. How does that which, connect with this? He was very clear saying that an impeachment inquiry is not the same as pursuing articles of impeachment, but it would give further scope to Congress to investigate if there are impeachable offenses that mm-hmm. have stacked up against Joe Biden. Um, I don't think it's by mistake that Speaker McCarthy is floating this. He is very clever. I think he is seeing what public opinion will say if people are going to, how they're going to react to the idea of impeachment. And I'm really torn on this, Steve, because I think you know my heart and my heart is very much in favor of doing what is right, punishing what is wrong. And clearly there's a lot of evidence and a lot of smoke around Joe Biden. And if that can be if they have enough evidence, then impeachment would be the next right step for him. But we also know, on the other hand, that impeachment is totally political and it is not something that's criminal. It's something that's absolutely political. And the ramifications of it are going to be deep and it's going to be risky no matter what Republicans try. If they go after him, Mm -hmm. then yes, you're going to have a lot of bad information coming out there that could be damaging to the president, but you might also gain and garner sympathy from people who are turned off by Joe Biden, who might just stay home because they don't have someone they like in the race. Maybe they're going to be given some momentum to get out there and push back, or you might have the truth out there, or this might be what would be the incentive to get Biden out of the race and bring someone like Kamala Harris or Gavin Newsom to the table. So it's very risky, I think, um, from a political standpoint. I can understand why Kevin McCarthy is trying to float this, engage people's reaction. I would love to see, I think if it were 
Jennifer Horn's world, which would be perfect. Um, I would love to see the investigation into impeachment go on through the election, have the election happen. And then as they did to Trump, even though he's kind of a lame duck, if he happens to lose, Mm -hmm. pursue the impeachment in between November and January, if there is something that is impeachable. Interesting. Um, But that would be my, my dream scenario. I I haven't thought about it that much. I think that Mm -hmm. the, here's, here's what I think though. Um, why I think it's very important that this is really aggressively investigated. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons that Washington, the swamp and the media have, have for years now blown off this Biden stuff, right. Mm-hmm. And dismissed it and said, it's just a, you know, Fox news conspiracy theory, etc. And, and actually they really don't think it's that serious. Right. Whereas yeah. if you look at, you know, let's just say some of the stuff that Trump's accused of. Okay. I think this is, I really want to convey this point clearly. Let me just try and lay it out. The stuff that Trump was accused of, that elite establishment, Washington swamp world Mm -hmm. thinks is the sort of most heinous crimes imaginable. Right. So, you know, weapons to Ukraine, you know, like that kind of stuff. They love all that. Um, January the 6th, attacking the Capitol, you know, like that's the, you know, symbol of everything that, you know, how pompous they get about our democracy and all this kind of stuff. And so all the stuff that they, that that Trump was accused of to to them, it's like really central. And so of course he should be impeached. Of course, of course. Um, Whereas the Hunter Biden and the, and most importantly, the Joe Biden stuff, which is influence peddling, using your name, uh, you know, the, the politician using their name to enrich their family, get money in the door. You know, that is the swamp business model. Mm-hmm. Everybody does it. I mean, pretty much everybody. And and it's totally seen as normal. They don't even think it's bad, actually. Then, yeah, that's how it works. That's the yeah. deal. No big deal. Everyone does it. Why pick on Joe Biden? And it's true They're that everyone does it. But that's smart. why they blow it off. That's why they, they don't take it seriously. And they think, oh, it's just, just like in the usual stuff. This is how politics works. But it's totally outrageous that it works like that. It's completely offensive that people go into politics and government and come out of it enriching themselves and their family members and, and literally exploit public office for private financial gain. Just because everyone Amen does it, to that. it doesn't yeah. mean that it's okay. And so I think this is the moment to really expose that to really expose the swamp business model. I mean, you had people over the years who've done a fantastic job. And remember, and so I'm thinking of Peter Schweitzer, notably, mm-hmm. whose books really, I mean, he was the first one that, that produced all this information uh, on Biden, that generated, I mean, it's years later, right? That his book was was years ago, four or five years ago. So is it Secret Empires? I can't remember. He's got written Yeah, so no, just a, probably about four or five years ago, but yeah, and, he exposed it first. Right. And I and I I I went chapter and verse on it, as it were, mm-hmm. on my Fox show and went into the in great detail and so on. But no, but the, there was no traction in the media because they are well, it's just you know, this is what happens. Yeah. But that's it's, so outrageous. And so that's why so I true. think it's really important that they you know, go for it. And that's why I'm saying in my heart, right and wrong, it really matters. And I think you're absolutely right. The reason, I, I mean, <laughs> I think it's just accepted. It is ridiculous to think that people go into Congress or go into the Senate or even the presidency. And it's fair to say that those people will make between two and $400,000 a year. Mm-hmm. But you see their income after they leave office. Right. You see their in- income while they're in office. And you think, 
How did that happen? And, I, you know, it's so funny that you bring this up and, and that we're talking about this today. The really tragic story that happened this week was about the chef for the Obamas mm-hmm. who was on a paddleboard and he drowned. And I was sitting there having a conversation with my co-host, with Grant. And I was like, you know, it's really interesting. Obama was a community organizer. Mm-hmm. He was, which, you know, we're not making tons of money in that field. Then he goes on to become a junior senator for a couple of years and then president for eight years. So we know what his salary was for really the last, you know, 10 years of of big money making that he'd have. And he's got a house on Martha's Vineyard. Like, (laughs) where does that come from? And then you realize it's all of the subsequent deals that these people make Mm -hmm. because they use their political position for their own personal power. And I'm not saying that that's bad to sign a deal with Netflix or write, write all those books. But what happened to the days when people would go into office to yes. actually serve the taxpayer instead of their own of bank accounts. And to, you know, to be fair to Obama, at least he wasn't doing it like when he was in office. This stuff that right. Biden's accused is while He's doing he was in vice office. president. It was Absolutely. during his time in office. Yeah. And he was demanding. And, and, and it's, it's, it's total corruption. That's mm-hmm. what it is. There's no other word for it. But it's, it's kind of legalized corruption. And so the, the smart Alec, you know, TV hosts, often when they have someone like James Comer on or whatever, They'll say, well, where's the evidence that anything illegal happened? And then Comer kind of stammers a bit, to be honest, because there's no evidence yeah. yet. And that, But that's not the point. In fact, the point is that it, it's, it's, it should be illegal, but it isn't. They have <laughs> so much. And they do. The truth is that they also do have a lot of evidence. It's just all circumstantial evidence. Right. The text messages, the promises of money for the big guy, yes. following the well, money we haven't seen it. to I mean, bank that, the accounts. The memo about the, you know, actually asking for the bribe. Yeah. And and, they, and what is it? 24 times Joe Biden was on the phone in the meeting. Unbelievable. And, and now given, you have the White House changing that. Sorry. To, you, you, no, you know, no. But, but given the wink and nod by Obama to go handle matters with Ukraine, yeah, exactly. because and he doesn't want to get in trouble. Instance, that any kind of policy area that, that Joe Biden is allocated, suddenly, you know, five minutes later, there's Hunter Biden making millions of dollars in yeah. that area, whether it's, you know, goes with him on Air Force Two to China, picks up contracts and deals, goes to Ukraine, deals, you know, you Romania. I mean, and then there's that, they did put out the evidence of like, how was it, 17 members of the Biden family? Mm-hmm. In, all you got know, bank, All these secret bank accounts and whatever, not secret, and- but hidden, you know, dist- deliberately um, covered up bank accounts that would be hard to trace, all these shell companies. Yeah, shell or whatever. companies. You know, it's just totally stinks. It is what they all do. Um, and I, again, I don't mind. I love people getting rich. That's great. We're America. Mm-hmm. We want people to get rich for doing something that they sell in the marketplace in a fair manner, for building a great product that you sell, for doing whatever in entertainment, in any kind of industry. Good luck to you. Do something great. Do something that people want. Sell it for a fortune. Make a ton of money. We love it. Right. But this isn't that. This is, but not this on is, the back of taxpayers. No, this is ta- and, this is a public office exploited yeah. for private gain. It is an insult to every citizen, and absolutely, it must be investigated. My only question is, now that we've so what? So going back to the the news, which was that mm-hmm. the plea deal, the Hunter Biden plea deal has fallen apart. So that in in order to open up and, and to, to enable investig- other wider investigations to to to, to happen, um, does that mean that there's a kind of it removes the argument for an impeachment investigation a little bit because you maybe Kevin McCarthy, there could be an argument which was, look, the the justice system has been completely rigged. He's got this mm-hmm. soft plea deal, which means that they're not investigating anymore. That's why we have to do it. But yeah. now the plea deal's off the table. Is that Does that weaken that argument a little bit? It could, or it could mean that there's just so much here that that plea deal couldn't be honored. Anybody could see it because there's just so much more 
to get to. And just to put a, a little pinpoint on this too, I think there's a lot of people on, in conservative media that just want to make this all about Hunter Biden mm-hmm. and make him the criminal. Mm-hmm. But Steve, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that you agree with me because you're one of the few conservatives that has stood next to me saying Joe Biden has always been bad. Yes. You, you yes. know, Joe, I believe that Joe Biden has always been bad. He has always been corrupt. He has always been racist. He's always made bad decisions. He has always looked to, to push himself up to gain influence. He's done his own work to gain his own money using his position. I think he's yes. done all of that. And I think it is a really bad move for conservatives to just say, look at him. He's just good old Uncle Joe. He's inept. He's got dementia. You know, he may have some sort of uh, medical condition. He may not be the guy that he was. I agree with that, but we cannot give him a pass for what he's done. Correct. And in some ways, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but in some ways, I actually have some sympathy for Hunter Biden, who I think, yes, is an addict, who is someone who's been suffering. But I actually don't believe it was Hunter who came up with the idea of making money off of Joe. I think Joe told Hunter to go out and do all of this stuff. And I actually believe that if you're looking at masterminds, I have I believe more that it is Joe Biden that created this scenario and had Hunter as his guy to do it rather than Hunter coming up with the scheme and doing it himself. I just I don't I don't necessarily buy that. And I don't know Mm -hmm. if it even matters at the end of the day because they've all committed sins and they've all committed maybe to crimes. We'll see how it plays out. But I don't think it's just Hunter coming up and dragging Joe in. I believe it's the opposite. And we know that for, by the way, I agree with every word you just said. And, and we actually, we know, we know it's not because it's the other family members as well. It's, it's yeah. the G- James is G- G- there's, there's, I was Jim Biden, the, the, the brother, other brothers, yep. another brother, there's two brothers, Jim, Jim and Dodgy. Frank, I think Frank, mm-hmm. exactly. And you know, I've really detailed this again, always crediting Peter Schweitzer. He did the work Yeah. Um, on, I've done it chapter and verse. I've done the Biden family corruption and, and like the, and the, the contracts just follow him around. I mean, really pathetic examples. Like for example, when he was vice president, I can't remember if it's, it's, it's Jim, James Biden or the Frank with the other one um when biden was when joe biden was vice president he did a trip to a caribbean island like a small it was just a small trip it wasn't like going to china it was a caribbean island and he took with him frank or jim can't remember which who'd never had just like no experience in the industry that i'm about to mention and and walked away the brother walked away with a telecoms deal to provide oh telecom services in this small caribbean country it's and unbelievable it's sick. i mean that's no one even talks about that one because it's so sort of small but there's you a list I, of these I, things a huge long list and it's i mean you know there's another one which is there's another family member who had a healthcare startup like some tech healthcare thing guess what when he's vice president joe biden invites him into some strategic meeting in the Oval Office, wherever in the White House, to talk about how he can get a piece of the action in terms of taxpayer funding for healthcare stuff. I mean, no one even, mm-hmm. these aren't even well known compared to Burisma and all the rest of it. There's so many examples. And there's another- And it's blatant. It's totally blatant. I mean, the, the, and when he was uh, a senator in Delaware, he got uh, Hunter Biden, all these jobs in, 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 the, in some Delaware-based- with one of the credit card companies or the law. I mean, it's just on and on. It's just completely, absolutely on the gravy train, the public purse for 
donkey's years they've been doing this. They are totally corrupt. They are cynical and corrupt. And it's the whole family. And Joe Biden is the head of the family. And he's there mm-hmm. being their meal ticket. That's how it's it the works. the crime family. Yeah. One, one, you, yeah sorry. You know, on. real quick. No, but just real quick, because one Biden that never gets mentioned that I just you really have to dig to find information. But Valerie but sister, is Joe's Valerie, sister. Yes, yes, yes. And I want to know about her. She's actually sitting in the White House yeah, with him today as we speak. Yeah. She gets him. She's done every campaign for him. She's got to know where all the bodies are buried. Yes. And nobody ever seems to talk about her and yes. her her role in all of this. Exactly. The whole fa- – it stinks. They're like sort of small-time crooks or whatever the phrase, but like there's – in the big league now because it's the president yeah. of the United States. The other thing I'll just want to explain in case people haven't seen me talk about it elsewhere, and it's uh, another – again, an aspect of this that just isn't discussed. So – when people talk about Ukraine and Burisma and Hunter Biden and energy and everything, they, they, the, the point they go to is the prosecutor, the firing of the prosecutor. So the, right. the, the, the argument is... Victor Shokin. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got... They, they, Biden, Joe Biden's made put in charge of Ukraine policy. Soon after that, they hire Burisma, the biggest gas producer, hires Hunter Biden as the, for you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars a month or whatever it is. Um, as uh, an advisor to do basically nothing um, and has no experience. Mm-hmm. Then you have the Ukrainian prosecutor looking to do a corruption investigation into Burisma. And then lo and behold, Biden, Joe Biden, as vice president, goes there and tells them to drop the drop the investigation in exchange for U.S. aid. So that's that. Right. That And that's pretty well known for those who've been following it. There's a whole other part of this that no one talks about. Again, it's like <laughs> there's so much that needs to be brought out while he was in charge of Ukraine policy, Joe Biden very much pushed the uh, Ukrainian gas industry generally as Mm -hmm. a way, and you know, the justification was this is a way of sort of, you know, um, building up the, uh, you know, resources of Ukraine versus Russia and so on. So they were like encouraging the domestic gas industry, the gas industry in Ukraine. And they did that with speeches Mm -hmm. and they also did it with up with taxpayer money, right? They sent taxpayer money and he did it through the Congress. Um, and there are a couple of uh, Democrat senators. There's, I remember Jean Shaheen, uh, uh, which was in New Hampshire. Was she in New Hampshire? I think so. Uh, Shaheen, yeah, yes. Um, and Markey, who's Massachusetts, mm-hmm. who were pushing this and they got, and, and, and there's this whole paper trail of them channeling taxpayer money to Ukraine's gas industry. Okay. By the way, these are the same people who over here lecture us about climate and we're going to stop right. fossil fuels. Taking away our water heaters. By the way, yeah. just as a you know aside, while they're t- you know, taking away our gas stoves <laughs> or whatever, they're saying, no, no, we need more gas, more gas, more gas, as long as it's Ukraine, not American. Anyway, forget about that hypocrisy. So that this is real. Taxpayer money went to from from us here at the you know, urging of Joe Biden mm-hmm. to Ukraine. What we've never were able to establish, like this from our, when I was doing this on the show, um, because we didn't have access to the information, is did any of that tax payment, it just says the energy industry, gas industry, whatever, that then it's from the trees, did any of that money go to Burisma directly? It's a great you'd question. You'd, it, which, since it's the biggest gas company, you'd assume it, but we right. never saw that. So that to me is a, is a find outable fact. Right. You can look at the an easy one, you know, to find out. And it seems to me and then you've really got them on corruption because Gosh. you've got Burisma paying Hunter Biden. Yeah. Then you got all the 10 percent stuff and Joe Biden sending our money to Burisma. 
I mean, this yep. really is quid pro quo, pay to play, whatever term you want to use. But we've never established that particular bit of it. And that's what I'm re- I've always been really frustrated with. I mean, I've said this to Coma directly and all these people like, when are you going to look at that? Because that Do you will, think they're doing enough, Steve? I don't know. Because like that to me is like quite a, a bit of digging. You need to look into the, I don't know how you track these financial flows. Presumably the Treasury Department sends the money. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I really don't know. So surely that, but we, what we have is the public record. You have Congress voting for the money to go to Ukraine's gas industry. You have Joe right. Biden telling them that it's going to happen. What we don't know is did it go to Burisma? We just know it went to Ukraine. So here's, that's another thing that we do. There's so much to this. That's a really, really good point. And it's one of those ones where you go, of course, that's exactly what they should be checking into. And it doesn't seem like it would be that hard to right. do it, especially exactly. because Congress has oversight over the money that yes. we we send and spend. But I'm curious and I don't want to beat up on our own party. I don't think I don't know if it's if it's the right thing to do because I'm a fan of Jim Jordan and James Comer. But I want to make sure that they're really ready to do this, to really investigate. I don't want to be disappointed with and I'll use Trey Gowdy, who I think is a lovely person. And I think he is he's really good. And it was great to watch him. But what happened? You know, we had a lot of hearings. (laughs) We had a lot of evidence. And this is the problem with Republicans, I think, is are we really ready to make these moves? Are we really ready to show the truth. And I hope that this class of Republicans are ready. And when I ask you that question, honestly, because it's a question that I've been struggling myself, are we doing enough? Yeah. Is this going far enough? Are we doing everything we can within the scope of, yeah. of power I mean, and what's right? I think that's a really important question. And I think the answer is yes and no. So I feel like yeah. I do have generally, I do have confidence in Coma. I think Coma is very smart and very good and impressive. Um, and, you know, to be fair to him, he did produce that information about the the secret accounts uh, or mm-hmm. the, the you know all that all that network of Biden beneficiary accounts that was new information that he got um, definitely uh Jim Jordan I you know I think his energy is great and whatever I I, I finally have not so much on this stuff but I feel very disappointed in where he's got to on the FBI stuff because yeah. I still feel Christopher Ray is just totally getting away with it um and we still haven't got that kind of the answer to that question which is we now know for, I mean, it, and it keeps being, the case on this keeps being built up yeah. day by day. And, you know, I feel like just sharing this with you, just because we are talking about this, but, you know, back and forth, um, my co-host on on The Morning Answer, as you know, is Grant Stinchfield. He has a show on Real America's Voice. He had Jim Jordan on talking about the breaking news with Hunter Biden, of course, mm-hmm. and then Kevin McCarthy this week floating the idea of impeachment. And what I was com- I, I was kind of surprised because. You know, Jim Jordan, I think, is is really is fantastic. But when he was asked about whether or not they'd call Hunter Biden to sit before Congress, he didn't give an answer on that. And I would think the answer needs to be, yes, we need to get him there. Um, they also, when they talked about impeachment, he Jim Jordan seemed to indicate that they weren't quite there yet. Yeah. Now, maybe maybe this is something where he's arranged this with Kevin McCarthy and promised he wouldn't put, you know, the cart ahead of the horses, mm-hmm. I guess. But mm-hmm. but it is an interesting change. And, you know, if we're going to point out deflections in how Democrats or how the White House is handling these news stories, I think it's important to watch our side as well yeah. and just make sure that the people that we're electing are really going to hold people accountable because we're all we have right now. I mean, I when you have the corruption that we're talking about in the DOJ, at the FBI, at the White House, for crying out loud, you better hope that there are good guys sitting and girls sitting in the Republican side of the aisle because 
they're the last stopgap. And I, totally I don't agree. mean to be alarm, alarmist about this, but it's really true. We need to save it and right the ship now. Yes. I don't think and we you can can't afford any more of We want to hold the majority next time. And so, you know, yeah. you're not sure of that. There's not much. Look, here's how I would look at it. You've got the, basically there are three big areas where mm-hmm. the, the, you know, there was a lot of expectation, rightly so, that the new House majority in the hands of the Republicans would really get some results. Three areas. One, Hunter Biden and all this stuff, the Biden corruption. Two, FBI, uh, weaponization, committing all of that stuff. And three, actually, we haven't talked about at all, is COVID and Mm -hmm. particularly origins of COVID and Fauci. Okay, so on those three, I think that actually the best of those is the Hunter Biden. We're really seeing movement, right? You're seeing new information, the 17 bank accounts. And witnesses. So that's good. And so that we're unpeeling the onion or whatever analogy you want to use. That is moving forward. I think that's kind of good. That's been mainly mm-hmm. Comer, it seems to me. I mean, Comer and Jordan work together. Um, so it's hard to, you know, we should probably credit both. The second one, the FBI stuff, I'm very disappointed in because, yeah. yes, you've had hearings and this and that. But like, what? where's where's anything real happening? I mean, we know for a fact now that the, the FBI interfered in the 2020 election. There's just no dispute about that, right? It keeps I know. being validated by more and more evidence. They had the Hunter Biden laptop. They knew it was real. They didn't, uh, they, 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 knew that because um, they were spying on Rudy Giuliani, they knew that he was talking to Miranda Devine, they knew that it was going to be published, the story was going to be published in October. They then go to the tech companies and say, look out for a story involving Hunter Biden in October. I mean, it's mm-hmm. totally, it's not just sort of they've neglected to tell them, they, they deceived them. They said, yeah. there's going to be a story in October, it's going to involve Hunter Biden, and you should look out for Russian dis- disinformation. That is dis- that's dis- deliberate deception. That came from the FBI. Then when they were asked, is it this, they, they declined to, to say that actually we know it isn't fake because or disinformation because we haven't. So that, we know all that happened. Yeah. And so the question is, like, did Christopher Ray know that it was happening? Like, did he, and I always put it this way, did he, uh, was he just aware, was he aware of it? And, and, and sort of let it go. Did he commission mm-hmm. that operation because he hates Trump? Did he, you know what? I mean, we don't know. Or and was, it's or, either or ineptitude. In, in, inept and it was right. going on in, in this sort of rogue agency interfering in an election with him presiding over it. Either way, it's yep. terrible. And so, but we still don't know. He hasn't, he's there and he's here. He's not put under pressure in a forensic enough way that you can mm-hmm. really get an answer. And I know they only have eight minutes or whatever it is. Okay, well, really, there's sort of, I don't know how many of them on that committee. Get your act together. Make a plan. You know, figure out how you're going to really focus on the central question, which is yep. what did Christopher Ray know about the FBI's 2020 election interference operation, which is and- what it was. And so I'm very disappointed in that. And if I could just finally say on the third big thing, which is the COVID, I'm even more disappointed because that guy, I, I'm sorry, I've had him mm-hmm. I mean, like Brad Wenstrup, who's running that, the congressman. I'm sure he's a very nice guy and all the rest of it. Absolutely hopeless. I mean, really hopeless. I had him on the show to talk about it. I knew you know, a thousand times more about it than he did. And he's supposed to be wow. leading the. I asked him all these questions. He really didn't know what he's gave me sort of bland talking points. Clearly hadn't watched what I, you know, I did this two and a half years ago, like tying mm-hmm. it to Fauci and the specific research and, and making the point that Fauci didn't, you know, it wasn't just this passive, which is often put the wrong way. You know, we, uh, we funded the Wuhan lab as if it was some sort of passive arrangement. No, it was Fauci commissioned the exact research project that is now mm-hmm. the most likely origin of the virus. And he pushed it through by breaking two sets of rules. He broke the rules under the Obama administration that yes. put a pause on this research. He went around that. And then when the Trump administration came in, they 
they got rid of the Obama rules and put in the new rules of their own, which wasn't a complete ban, but a requirement that anything like this should be sent for independent review. Right. Fauci went around that as well when he renewed the project. So this is he all... did it for his own ego. Okay. So because he believed that he, you know, that this is the way to prevent pandemics because you do the you can get the vaccines, you know. So, you know, where's the where's the pushing on that? We're still well, at the level of yet. Fauci funded the lab. Like, no, we'll get... you've got really detailed evidence here. And by the way, this is a final point. Sorry, I feel really strong about this COVID. No, no, thing, no, no. Like, it, it's just and people disagree. I, I, I just spent enough time on it to know you're not going to prove at this point, exactly where it's just, it's gone. They've covered up the evidence. There's the Chinese, the te- you know, you, there, there's, there's circumstantial evidence you can, you can get further information on, but you're not going to, I mean, unless you get a whistleblower from the mm-hmm. lab who says, yeah, we would, this is what we were doing. And I think that's highly unlikely. What you can um, prove. They actually have somebody. Right. Well, what you can prove right now is mm-hmm. the fact that Fauci broke the rules. Yeah, and, and, and so that is you can at least get him on that. It's a bit a bit of the equivalent of the Al Capone tax evasion thing, but what wh- wh- what are they doing on that? You know, so I'm very disappointed in the COVID origins investigation. I have a pretty disappointed says, on the FBI. Yeah, kind of mildly, you know, encouraged by the uh, Hunter Biden Biden corruption stuff. I have a source that says the government has someone who has defected from China with information on the lab. But again, our government is so buried within the cover up that it is it's hard to think that we're ever going to get the truth. And when it comes to covid, how many people I mean, the fact that Fauci and, you know, it was the aftermath instead of just saying, yeah, this was my research. It got out of control, Mm -hmm. which could have been done. Mm -hmm. Um, Instead, it's stay away. Take your kids out of school. Don't do your business anymore. Don't be with your loved ones as they're dying in the hospital, take a vaccine that you may be, that may be questionable, that may be forced on pregnant women, that may cause them to lose their kids. Yeah. No honesty, no transparency in an effort to cover it up. And the overwhelming thing that I'd add into that mix that you added, I think that list is perfect with those three items, is the, is the way that the government has colluded with the media and specifically yes. with social media to hide all of their, their oh, wrongdoing exactly. Exactly. and push fake narratives. And then you've got, and, you know, just on, on Fauci, you know, like I, I'm wondering whether, you know, what, well, what is the right answer here? Is it, is it do you need to a, a, some kind of criminal uh, legal process? Because for sure, you know, that you can you can treat, you know, the the actual origin of the virus, you know, that he mm-hmm. was told not to do this, but he did it anyway. Right. So to me, yeah. there's a kind of culpability there to the on the deaths and people say, well, you can't, you know, sue whatever. But I mean, that's that on the uh, lockdowns. We know that people died as a result of the lockdowns on the um, uh, masks you know, less in terms of debt, it's more inconvenience and annoyance and ridiculousness. Mm-hmm. These stupid masks that we were told to wear that absolutely, we knew at the time didn't work. I mean, we said so. They were useless. Totally yeah. pointless. You know, there were some injuries caused by that, small compared to, to others. And then on the vaccines, of course, you have the side effects and you know, I want to get into a whole vaccine debate, but it's absolutely clear that there's no case whatsoever of a vaccine mandate. So anybody mm-hmm. who had any kind of injury as a result of a vaccine mandate I, they took the vaccine only because of the mandate. They've got grounds for some kind of action. And also the children, like any child, yeah. it was, there's no justification for requiring children to be vaccinated, none. And they did it anyway. Fauci pushed it. And so again, there, any injury or whatever. Uh, so I don't know. It's just so frustrating to me that, that, that it's still years on. There's no accountability, real accountability for any of this. Yep. 
And when you think about, we're talking about, are the Republicans, as they are in charge of Congress right now, doing enough to hold people accountable? Yeah. And you you talked about your frustration when it comes to uh, to the FBI hearings, to the COVID hearings. What is so annoying is that they, they, and this happens on both sides of the aisle, is that these congressional representatives use this as TV time. Yeah, and exactly. so in many cases, exactly. they spend less time questioning people exactly. and more time using the five minutes to do a monologue. And while I appreciate the stuff that they say, the only way we get evidence and the only way we ask the hard questions is if you actually ask the questions. It's a and it seems like they don't do it's that. It's a fantastic point. It's in a way, it's the central point about yeah. this. They're not taking it seriously. Like they, you, you, you need that. That's that, they, exactly that's. And I think the greatest example of that was the the worst example, biggest example was the Christopher Ray, where they mm. were yelling at Christopher Ray, FBI, terrible weaponization. Yeah. They didn't actually put him on the spot enough. So he was able to wriggle free. Yeah, he took his his whips and, it, you know, he sat there and he gave he's very look, I don't believe that he's inept because I think he's really smart. If you watch the way he ask, answers oh, yeah. his question, he never implicates himself, but he only had to answer about five because everybody was too busy pontificating exactly. about how terrible the FBI uh, is, which we already know. Exactly. So you could do I mean, I could have. Oh, anyway, whatever. Let, if we were running the world, it would be know, a much better place. Like, to, you, it'd be so also, easy. Like, in a, in a tri, like, like lawyers, right? No, you should know this. Yeah. Like you, you, you put together what's your plan for the cross-examination, I should say. Interrogation. Let's go. Hilton Horn. We'll take it over. We'll take it over. <laughs> yeah, no. All right. Let's move on. Let's do the uh, let's do let's do the population thing, California, because this was an yeah. amazing fact that or prediction projection that you found. So all of the projections for California, even after we took our first population hit, which happened in 2020 during the pandemic, mm -hmm. a lot of people left the state because of the COVID shutdowns and the business closures, all of that stuff. It became easier for people to work from home. And so people started leaving in 2020 and they've continued to do that. We've all heard the stories about the U-Hauls that are, yeah. you can't find them to get out, but you can find them going in. But every single model that was done by the Office of Finance in California showed the projections that California would start to pick up population again by 2030-2035. Well, this new report comes out that says that California is going to continue to have population declines until 2060. Now, wow. think about that for a second, because we are already in a deficit. We already are feeling the, the loss when it comes to tax dollars. But this is going to be interesting, uh, an interesting, I, I guess, string of questioning for Gavin Newsom, because under his leadership, the guy who would love to be president, California, he can make up all the stories he wants, but the proof is in the proverbial pudding. You just look at the footprints getting out of the state, the tire tracks yeah. getting out of the state of California. And now that the complete projection has changed, that we're going to be at a deficit until 2060, that's insane. And you're going to see how people are going to feel that because they're not just taking themselves, but they're taking their children and by extension, their children's children. And that's going to create a problem for California already. I think by 2030, they said we're probably expected to lose at least another congressional seat. No, five, and then there five, are four more. Yeah, exactly. yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then there are four more that they say are in at, at risk as well. Yeah. So our representation is going to start to fall. Obviously, the problems that come with the tax revenues. This is not a good problem. And California needs to wake up and realize we need to make a, fa a state favorable to business, yes. to people finding homes, housing issues that are going on exactly. and the tax issue. I mean, I, I sometimes look around and go, gosh, 
I love California. I want to stay and, and fight. But why am I staying to fight if nobody's going to make a change and I can go to a state like Texas or Florida and not have to pay, pay income tax? I know. It ridiculous. does make it seem yes. like what's the point to stay in California? It's, you laid it out perfectly. And that's it's this, this anti-growth mindset. And we need to turn mm -hmm. that around have a pro-growth mindset because actually if you have this decline, it feeds on itself, right? You don't have people that right. are earning tax revenues are down. So the Democrats, what do they say? Well, we need to jack up the rates because the amount of revenue coming in is falling because the people are leaving and when you know businesses are leaving so we're not getting as much money coming in so we need to put the rates up to get more money to fund all our stupid programs mm -hmm. and then not all of them are stupid i get it you know fine um uh, and then um you know the, the, they put the taxes up so more people leave it's a vicious downward spiral and actually we need to completely turn that around and have a positive upward um spiral which is like cut taxes cut spending cut all this crazy regulation on everything from housing so you can't build anything to water energy all the things we know about so that you encourage businesses to relocate here they bring people to come and work for them and you get this upward spiral of growth and revenue and then you can cut the rates and you get more money coming in and it's not complicated mm -hmm. we know how to it's do not. this it really isn't it isn't it truly isn't complicated i mean what's com don't punish people incentivize no. people exactly i mean what's complicated is is making it happen through yeah. the system that we have, because actually, as well as the politics of it, which is very, you know, uh, stacked against th those of us who want reform. Um, but that's, by the way, why I set up Golden Together to, to, to help, you know, fight mm -hmm. against all this stuff. But it's also actually it's not just the kind of uh, bare bones numbers, you know, like Republican, Democrat in the legislature. Um, you have, I think, in the State Assembly, it's 61 Democrats, 19 Republicans in the state Senate, it's 32 Democrats, eight Republicans, you know, like massively yeah. stacked. Statewide, it's been 60, 40 for a long time in all these races, you know, but I, I think we can make some progress on some of that. But the point is that um, they, as well as that political barrier, you've got a real mess and it's become very mm -hmm. kind of, you know, really kind of atrophied in Sacramento, the interest, right? The, 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 the sort of collective, you know, swampiness there with the unions and some business interests that, and, you know, and so on that are actually quite comfortable with the status quo and making it worse because they all know each other and they play the game that needs to change as well. There needs to be a real kind of drain the swamp thing for Sacramento. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, I just don't know when quality of life became political. Yeah, I mean, when did yeah. that happen? When did it happen that we need to make, uh, that we need to punish people for living here? I mean, it, you've got <laughs> all the issues we've talked about. It's so expensive. The crime, the fact that jobs are leaving, you know, what would make a, Gavin Newsom's head, that beautiful head of hair of his, just pop right off of his shoulders is if he heard me say that he should be more like Governor Christy Noem, because probably next to Ron DeSantis, he may hate Greg Abbott and Christy Noem just about the same. Her commercials that she's put out are so cheesy. Right. We all know she's out welding. She's, yeah. you know, she's a plumber, whatever she is. Yeah. They're super cheesy. But the what's behind that plan is not. And they are actually calling for blue collar workers exactly. to move to South Dakota. And they're making it easier for people to set up a life for their family. If California were smart, we have one thing going for us right now. And that is that technology is still big yeah. in the state. And we're leading with the amount of artificial intelligence jobs. Yeah. So why not create plans for smart, bright college kids to come to California yes. and give them a break so that they can get up and start a life here. But that would never happen because Sacramento is set idea. in their own ways. I know.
But also we need the construction. We do need the, the blue collar yeah. as well. You know, like that's sure going to be a big part of what we talk about at Golden Together. Okay, last point. <laughs> Nicely um, connected to the quality of life. So how is the quality of life of the people in Hollywood <laughs> who are experiencing this naked <sighs> man who's definitely not It depends not if you Biden. like a nudist. Yeah, it's, we, don't, we don't think. I, I don't know. So uh, this story popped up and it actually got national attention and right away. I saw it for the first time this morning that this guy is walking around naked. He's armed. I don't know where he's keeping his gun, but <laughs> you can use your imagination. Um, he's walking around these apartment buildings. There's so many jokes here that we, we shouldn't make. I am so reserved yes, exactly. right now. I am not a seventh grade boy this moment. Yeah. I am yeah. a, an adult lady. Um, so, But he's walking around naked and he's getting caught on camera and because everybody's got ring doorbells and they've got these security cameras in the buildings. And He's doing lewd things. He's not just walking around naked, but he's getting caught doing things he shouldn't be doing mm-hmm. in public. And so the people in these apartment buildings have called the LAPD, as you would when you see a naked guy with a gun walking around. The LAPD has issued a statement. So this isn't even something they just told the residents. Mm-hmm. They said, we cannot arrest this man because he isn't committing a crime. Amazing. Have we created what is that? This nutty universe in California, particularly in LA County, where a man with a gun walking around naked is not committing a crime? It's amazing. Um, it's truly amazing. Plus, these are the people who lecture send the Democrats about gun crime. Anyway, they, but but why why can't you enforce and there must be there's a million offenses on the books. I mean, when they look at if you right. look at the way that they're going after Trump on on some of these things. I don't want to sort of go back to national politics, but you know, what's what's really funny when you look at these things is that if you go through the all the books of all the legislation, there's always something. I mean, someone made the point, one of these libertarian people, like most of us commit about 180 crimes every single day, like just mm-hmm. go, because anything, almost anything can be a crime. So the idea For that sure. they can't find something Well, and there's public decency. Right. You also, if I wanted to do a concealed carry and they saw me walking around with a gun, they'd be like, oh, God, the conservative girl has a gun. They'd be clutching their pearls. But a naked guy who obviously is probably either homeless or on drugs or maybe both. That's (laughs) again, it's a picture I do not need to have in my brain. (laughs) But I mean, the point is, is that we have decriminalized so much. And, you know, we laughed a while ago about the, you know, the public urination. Now, not going to they don't want that to be a crime. You can just go to the bathroom wherever you want. This is very much the same thing. We can correlate these two stories perfectly. They're actually waiting for this man who is mentally I mean, he is obviously suffering because he has no clothes on and he's making everyone else suffer. They're waiting for him to sexually assault someone before they'll do something about it instead of proactively going after the guy who's violating public decency laws, which I know are on the books in LA County. Mm -hmm. He's got possession of a gun and you're just going to let him walk around because George Gascon is not going to do anything about it if you arrest him. It's a really brilliant story to highlight because it just (laughs) captures Uh. everything that's gone wrong. It really does. Unbelievable. Wow. We used to prioritize the safety of women and children in Los Angeles. Not anymore. Not anymore. It's insane. It really is. Uh, And it's all around us every day. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on it and we'll keep uh, fighting the good fight. Jen, thank you so much for being here. Make sure you catch Jen, of course, on AM870, The Morning Answer. And uh, come back soon uh, to join us here on The Steve Hilton Show. I will. Thank you, Steve.